Walker can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Okay, so welcome to the first ever episode of our new podcast. Cheers. The Rec Center Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Samir, a.k.a. Sams. <laughs> and I'm joined <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host here. That's the first shameless actually, plug. <laughs> no, it's not even a shameless plug. That's actually my nickname. Many more to come. But... <laughs> um, and I'm joined here by my, my co-host. Introduce yourself, man. So, I'm Chani. Uh, I work at Massage Attic Mavis. Come see me. <laughs> Shameless that's plug the, number two. That's the, that's the real reason we're doing this. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the ad- advertisements, <laughs> yeah. man. That's why we're doing this. So, yeah, man. We just, uh, I was listening to sports talk radio and went and I was like, oh, shit. I have some opinions on this, too. And so I hit up Samir and was like, yo, you want to start talking sports? And he's always down. So he obviously yeah. said, yeah. So that's, that's how the, this started up. And now we're here. So 11-21 yes. on a Saturday night. Tired. Yeah, we just, we're just we just watching Heineke go ham. Yeah. In his first ever real playoff game against Is that how you say Tom name? Brady. Heineke, yeah, it's Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, it's this guy's going crazy, game. man. Sick yeah. last name. Yeah. If he wins this so game, yeah, Heineken's I've... definitely going to sponsor him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Guy behind Heineken, watch some Heineken. Guy behind Heineken, watch some Heineken. I know, right? Imagine he was on the Packers. He had the green. Oh, man, the green. <laughs> yeah. That would be game over. So, um, yeah, I think we're... I think both of us are pretty much fans of... A lot of sports, um, you know, a lot of that obviously overlaps. And, you know, right now we're really going to talk about anything and everything that comes to mind. You know, we're, as we said, we're kind of into a lot of sports. So, you know, it's not going to be focused on one sport or another. But we're, we're thinking of definitely having different uh, different types of series for different sports to make sure that, like, you know, if you're a fan of one sport or another, that you can get kind of content that's, that's um you know relatable to you and what you want to hear so um yeah let's uh i guess we can jump into it with uh my favorite sport we'll start with the the nba over here let's go uh johnny uh what do you think about the raptors the trash garbage hot mess yo yeah with the raptors i never thought losing surge and Gasol would have such a big impact, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, and obviously, Siakam isn't playing up to par yeah. really. But even then, I don't think Siakam's like he's not a. I don't think he's a franchise guy, right? Really, I don't think he's a franchise guy. I think he's a. I think he's a solid second option, and you need you need someone to uh, if you're gonna build a championship team, you need. A star with him right like an actual like, okay what do you star. think about 
What do you think about Fred? I think Fred's the same same thing, man. He's a great second option or a third option on a championship level team. I don't know, man. I disagree. I think I really think that Pascal Siakam can get there. He hasn't been he hasn't been the guy that he needs to be, but I don't know. I'm not uh I'm not completely selling out and saying that he's not that guy. Um he's I don't know. I guess he is a little bit older, which is kind of worrisome, right? Cuz he doesn't have he doesn't have that same youth on his side, but I think him and Fred are a good ta- tandem that could do g- could do well in the future. But yeah, right now they do not look good, man. And I think we have, I think we're kind of in a weird situation with the Raptors right now because we have Kyle Lowry, who's you know at the end of his prime, kind of getting older now. And yeah, the the le- the rest of our starting five from that championship run is basically gone, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think um I think it's definitely time for the new blood to kind of get going, but I don't know I don't know what we do this year, man. Like, you know, I kind of had this written down, but I was going to ask you like, you know, what do the Raptors do? Do they trade? Do they tank? Or do they turn it around? Obviously, you're you're not you're not on the turnaround side, so yeah, what man. do they do? Like, it's like they if anything, they'll I think they'll get one of maybe the last couple playoff spots in the east but yeah at the end of the day like if you're going up against a brooklyn or a a, a milwaukee you're you're not you'll get a game maybe and you're not doing much i think i think if this continues which honestly it it i don't know it seems like it will i'm all for um trading lowry Cause like let's, okay, but, let's let's yeah. get what you can for him, right? Because Siakam, okay. like for me, it's like yo, yeah, you want to be competitive. I, I get that, but at the same time, it's like you're not gonna. There's there's no way you're gonna win anything this year. So yeah, yeah, get what you can for Lowry. He's at the end of his end of his deal. He's got one more year left. You unload that, and you hopefully get some picks, maybe a couple of good prospects, and. You go forward with that next year, but I don't think, I don't think holding on to him, him this year, or even even if they do turn it around, I don't think there's much value because you're not gonna really do much damage in the postseason. Yeah, right? yeah, and this is not. I guess the the main guys that you're trying to build around have championship experience already. So exactly, you know, it's not even worth saying let let's go to the let's go to the first round and get these guys some playoff experience, right? Because yeah. they have that. They have those deep runs in there. So, okay. So, if you trade Lowry, who do you trade him for? Like, what do you want? What do you want? And you said prospects and picks, I guess. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think you, I don't think you're getting somebody back for him. I don't know, man. Like, if you if you look at the situation in LA, like the Clippers, they were looking at getting uh, Chris Paul in the in the off season, and they couldn't land him. So they yeah. they kind of needed like a point guard, right? And on top of mm-hmm. that, you got. Ibaka there already. You got Kawhi there, so there's some familiarity. And right. Lowry can be that like a prototypical, you know, like point guard who runs the show kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. he's got that in him. So I, I think, I think in LA uh, with the Clippers, it makes sense there. Um, I just don't know who you get back for him. Uh, that, that that, squad. I'm not like, sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I they mean, traded every their, every pick they yeah had. every every everybody that they have is kind of there for a reason now too, right? Like yeah. Lou Williams is trying to win with them. Um, you know they're not gonna trade Zubak away or somebody like that. Getting Zubak would be really nice, but that's not gonna happen for Lowry. You don't think so? Um, no, no, no. I don't think Zubak, man. Zubak's too good for them to give up for Lowry, man. I don't think. And I don't honestly, I don't know if Lowry solves their problems, man. I think there's bigger problems Dude, in. Uh, but think about it, in, man. In the clips with Z- the clips right now. Zubak ha- is is a he's a he's the young guy. Yeah. But like next year, Kawhi can opt out of his deal. So if you don't get it done this year, you might be you might be done, yeah. You right? might lose Kawhi, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially yeah, I guess that's a good early, point. Yeah, yeah, they exit. might be. Yeah, so yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that is a good idea. Then you know, maybe, maybe you you try to you try to swindle. <laughs> maybe Masai pulls another Masai, and gets some <laughs> serious return for an aging or you know overdue asset now, and we get some value out of Kyle Lowry's last year on his contract. Yo, Lowry's That'd be solid, pretty interesting. Man. He's a solid. He's yo, he's so solid, man. Yeah. I honestly, I love his game. He plays hard all the time. You know, plays through injury. Great defensively, which, you know, for me personally, like, when a guard is defensive, I love it. Like, yeah. you know, like, the way he steps in and takes those charges, you don't yep. see that happen much, right? Yep, yep. And that's so, there's so much value added there. Like, you're giving somebody on their team a personal foul, which is huge. Because you only get five of those or six of those mm-hmm. before you're, you know, you're basically shut down at five. And on the on the same on the same side of the on the other side of it, you get a possession back for your team, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. the value that taking a charge uh gives your team is crazy, right? So I think um I think he does a lot of great things and by no means would trading him be like, Oh, you know, you're not you're not great anymore or yeah. you're not worthy. You know, I think it really works out for him too, because if he goes to a contender, he makes them a better team. Like 100%. he does make them right now. He would 100%. make them a better team and probably probably ready to chase another ring, right? Yeah. Like he was super solid. He was super solid in that uh in that title run that we had a, like alongside Kawhi. Yeah. Like he showed up in the big moments there and really showed like yo like you know, he's ready for those big spots. And everybody in the West is currently a point guard. Like, if you go look at your fantasy squad right now, yeah, LeBron James is a point guard for the Lakers, <laughs> man. Which is, which I don't understand. But you know, everybody's a point guard in the East, so yeah. it's hard to get those guard slots nowadays. That's crazy. Um, I didn't even take that in, man. Like, Kyle yeah. Lowry has more uh, All Star appearances than Damian Lillard. Like, yeah, that's... like I mean. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly fact check quickly that. fact check that. <laughs> but uh I wouldn't be surprised though. Damien I'm I'm like I'm like a hundred percent sure that it's true, but you know, it was true a couple years ago for sure. Mm. Um Yeah, so he is he's he's five time now. One yeah, five one, two, three, four and then 2020. Okay, so he's five time, and Kyle. Kyle's six. Yeah. See. Wow, yeah. That's crazy. Kyle has six. <laughs> Kyle has six. One. Like at least one of. I. I think more of those are still like, 
I mean, Dame probably has more starting slots than Kyle. Yeah. Right? Like, he's, he's like, picked yeah, yeah. by the fans or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, Kyle has six and Dame has five yeah. at the end of the 2020 season, right? And they, like, I mean, this year it'll probably even out with Kyle probably not making the All-Star game yeah. and, and Dame making it. But yeah. at this point right now, yeah, Dame has more... Dame has less all-star appearances than Kyle Lowry, which is kind of crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Looking at the rookies, though, have you seen what LaMelo's been doing recently? Uh, I watched a little bit of his game against uh, the, the Pelicans. Was it yesterday? Yeah. 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 Kid's going to be good, man. Yeah, he's... Yo, he just had... Uh, just today, he's, he's the youngest He's the youngest kid ever to, to, uh, to have a triple-double in the league. So, he had a triple-double wow. today. Yeah. He went 22, 12, and 11 assists. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a he's the youngest. I think I think he's he's definitely the most legit ball ball brother. Yeah. And um yeah, I think he can really do things with this with this Hornet squad, man. I think I see them having a better season than the Raptors to be honest. I could see that, man. They got a lot of yeah. those young guys. Is that yeah. uh what's his name? Devonte Graham? Is that his name? Yeah, Devontae Graham. Yeah, yeah. That kid's nasty too, man. Gordon yeah. Hayward's alive all of a sudden. I know, I know, yeah. That's <laughs> nuts, bro. Like, yeah, the this guy is something like 40 that 40 points the other day. Man, this is something that goes down in the group chat. We were clowning one of my buddies, uh, shout out to Sharuk, but we were clowning <laughs> him for supporting Gordon Hayward and just, you know, overall he's always like, No, he's coming back, he's coming back. Yeah. And yo, he blew up for that forty point game and you know, he's been alive ever since. And yeah, man. You know, more credit to Sharuk for calling that one, man. That was kind of crazy. But Yeah. Uh the Hornets are actually solid this year, man. They're gonna be yeah, fighting. They're, they're doing really well, spot. man. Yeah, a lot of these a lot of these younger teams are starting to come together, man. Even the Knicks look really good so far. Like yeah. You know, they're obviously, you know, not high hopes for them, but um, you know, their young their young core is really, really doing well. Julius Randle's killing it, man. Yeah. He's absolutely killing it in the middle of that squad. And, you know, RJ Barrett and him together are gonna be a good tandem as well. You know, there's it's really interesting in the league right now because there's a lot of these younger duos that are about to take over, you know? Yeah. Like the old guard is about to pass. Like KD KD's the last of the greats in his in his real prime, right? Like LeBron James is obviously ex- the exception. Yeah. Being that he's like 36 and still looks like he's in his prime, <laughs> but everybody else like, you know, it's really time for the younger guys to to get their shot at, you mm-hmm. know, owning the league. And I personally think that Luka Doncic he- heads the pack there, but 100% yeah, you, I think we agree on that one, man. He's the he's really the the guy, the next guy to man, take over the league. I'm looking at uh, Charlotte and uh, New Orleans yesterday. And yeah, New Orleans isn't like they're they're a good squad too, man. But like you look at the stat sheet, Gordon mm. Hayward 26 points. PJ Washington is the is the only player that played more than 11 minutes who had less than 10 points. So PJ Washington had nine. Bismack Biombo had 11. Devontae Graham had 17. Rozier had 15. Miles Bridges with 20. LaMelo Ball with 12. Yeah. That's a well-balanced team. The one yeah, thing I was kind of like, when they drafted Ball, it was like, wait, like I remember Rozier wanted out of Boston. And 
Like because of Kyrie. Yeah, and he wanted to lead his team, <laughs> right? And he wanted to lead his team. And I was like, okay, this kid's gonna go. This guy goes to Charlotte next. The next year, they draft Ball. How is this gonna work? Mm-hmm. But man, it's nice, man. You know the thing really about. Well. The thing about LaMelo right now, at least, I don't know if this is going to change as he kind of grows into his own player, but right now he's really, really willing to facilitate the ball, man. And he's not like he's not worried about trying to go out there and score a bunch of points. Mm -hmm. He's trying to really, really show off his passing ability. So, you know, if that keeps up, then, you know, he's a perfect guy for people to play with, right? Like Rozier can still lead a team and he can still go out there and do what he does like even today um i don't know i don't have the stats up right in front of me but i i saw a couple highlights from today yeah and rosier rosier had some nasty nasty dunks you know great great looks and great feeds from lamello yeah to get some points on the board so it can all work out if if you know everybody kind of plays their part and and if lamello keeps being a pass first kind of guy then you know, there's good things in his future for sure, yeah. man. Wow, they beat the you... Hawks today. Yeah, it was a great game. It was a great game today. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Who do you kind of have as your title favorite right now? Oh, that's not even a question, man. You know the, the, the answer to that question. The Lakers, this guy. <laughs> True bronze stand, man. There's no, there's True no way anyone's gonna, anyone's gonna take that from them right now. You think so? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think, honestly, right now in my heart of hearts, I believe that the Nets are ready for it, man. The Nets can't get a, get out of COVID trouble right now, bro. Yeah, but whatever. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, barring barring COVID, man. Like, I think, I think the Nets when they're all together, KD and Kyrie look unstoppable out there, man. Like, they could get I through don't the know. East, but I don't know if they'll get through the uh, whoever comes through comes out of the West. I don't know, man. Like, I think. I think you have a solid, solid cast around them. Jared Allen's a great rim protector. Great yeah. rim protector. So, like, somebody like AD on the inside, like, obviously AD's still going to go to work, but, you know, Jared Allen's going to put it on and make it hard. Like, it's not going to be easy. His length is definitely going to affect it, right? And then you have people like Karis LeVert, you know, coming off the bench yep, and trying yep. to, like, you know, go crazy. So, I think, I think really after last year's bubble run as well, you know, they put in a solid effort in the bubble without KD and Kyrie. So yeah. I think, you know, kind of getting getting those guys and then putting them together with, you know, basically a starting five in the NBA. Yep. Now three, two of those guys go to the bench and they're off the bench, right? So yep, yep. really you have you have a solid like seven, eight man deep starting, starting lineup that you can kind of shuffle as you need, right? And those yep. are the teams that really... I think outlast the grind, man. Like that's what that's what kind of was the was the case with um with a lot of the teams that we did we played in the East, right? And even Toronto that the year that we won, I know like I'm gonna sound like a broken record because I keep bringing up that team, <laughs> but yo, like we really had seven starters. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we just we just had to pick and choose and kind of play when we play who we needed when we needed them, right? So mm-hmm. Serge and Gasol split the starting minutes at center. You know, Fred started some games. Powell started some games. You know, it was just... It was what you needed, what you had, and and who could go. So, I think, really, their depth is going to be crazy, crazy for them come the playoffs. But, yeah, right now, man, I think they really need to get on the right page. 
Like KD's out because of COVID. Kyrie's out because he doesn't want to play. Like it doesn't make sense. What's going man. on with him? He I, I, just honestly, heard. man, uh, nothing. Nobody really knows what's going on with Kyrie except Kyrie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he just you know people asked him why he wasn't gonna play the next couple of games, and he just said because I don't feel like it. Wow. So I don't know, man. Something something See, is up with the, Kyrie, man. That's the reason why I can't get fully behind the Nets. Yeah. Like yeah, Kyrie's gonna I feel like Kyrie's just gonna get in get in their way. He's gonna do mm-hmm. something, he's gonna say something, and that's just gonna take away from the potential that this team has. Because yo, you look at they played Memphis, was it yesterday? And yeah. Karis Levert dropped forty three. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. And he comes off the play. bench sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He can play. They've yeah. got a solid team, but if Kyrie is going to be Kyrie, I don't know if they get it done, man. Um, Kyrie needs, I feel like Kyrie needs someone to like keep him straight. And I don't know if Durant's that guy. Man, okay, see, this is my thinking on it. Honestly, I think that this is the perfect situation for Kyrie because he can go ahead and do this stuff and just be like, yo, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I think that that KD somehow is the one guy that gets him. And he's like, he's like, okay, you know what? I understand it. Because, like, you know, KD has those moments, too, where he doesn't want to talk to the, the, the press. Yeah. You know, he goes into those he goes into those things where he just doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want to talk about basketball. He doesn't want to yeah. answer questions. He wants to, you know, he wants to fight everybody on Twitter. So, like, you know, really, I think I think that this is the one time burner in, in Kyrie's career. Yeah, word. <laughs> shout out to the burner <laughs> accounts. But I think this is the one time where Kyrie's like, you know, if Kyrie acts up, like his co-star, the his running mate actually understands it. You know, so like that's what I think is going to save this squad from blowing up like, you know, what happened in Boston or like the end of the, the Cleveland run where, you know, Kyrie was like, I want to lead my own team, right? I think that it's really gonna, I think it's really gonna be the fact that Kevin Durant is kind of been in those similar situations. And, you know, he's just gonna be like, okay, you know what? Kyrie, do your thing. You know, but when they get together, it's gonna be like, it's, it's a symphony on the court, man. Like, those guys together on the court, they do so well together, man. So well. You have a lot more hope in Kyrie than I do, man. Man. I think he's you know, <laughs> this might be a hot take but right now he's this he's this era's Dennis Rodman to me man like <laughs> like obviously with a lot more skill but you know like Dennis Rodman we all saw it in the in the uh the the MJ documentary but uh the sorry the Bulls documentary really but um yeah. but you know we all you're... saw it like like Rodman just had those crazy moments yeah. But when he came down, when he came down to basketball and playing it, like he was there and he did his job, right? So the one thing I, I think, think they're missing happen. in all of this is that KD has spent the last three years in Golden State, where hmm. it was all about being selfless. Whoever was yeah. going was going that day. It could have been Draymond Green. Yeah, and if you Draymond Green was going, Curry was sending him the ball in the post. Yeah. So, I feel like right now, obviously, the whole it, it's new, right? It's like early in the season, but yeah, as it goes on, man, I feel like KD is gonna be like, 
there's a guy on the West Coast who a lot of people would take, I would take over Kyrie any day that has a specific, he has that mindset of, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win a chip. Okay. And Kyrie's coming, Curry, Steph Curry. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and. Oh, man. And Kyrie's coming into coming into the season saying, "Yo, I'm gonna play when I want to, this and that." Katie's gonna look at him and be like, "Yo, what are you doing? You haven't proven anything in the league. You don't. Yeah. You don't get that. Well, I don't know about that. Doing that. I think he has. I think Kyrie's proven a lot in the league, man. I don't think uh, LeBron comes back from three one without yeah, Kyrie. No, I I give I give you that, but he's also proven that he's a bit of a prick too, right? <laughs> he's a bit okay, of a prick fair. like he, he yeah boston blew up because of him um yeah and now he wasn't ready for that he wasn't ready like he he left trying to be a leader and you know i don't think he was ready for that and i think you know he said that at one point i think he said you know i really appreciate what braun did now and he i think they had a conversation at one point you know kind of talking about it too personally them too about how, you know, Kyrie was wrong when he left Cleveland saying, you know, I want to be a leader and I can do this. You know, he really gained some respect for how hard it was to be a leader, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I give him a pass on the the Boston situation because he was in over his head a little bit. And, um, you know, it just didn't work out. But, you know, you talk about the selflessness of Golden State, right? But I think the one guy who didn't fit into that picture perfectly was KD. You know, and that's what led to the eventual blow up, you know, because at the end of the game in January. Yeah. You know, Durant, Durant, just what did he want? Like, he didn't want to just be selfless in that moment. He was screaming for the ball. Right. So and that's what that's what obviously, um, you know, led to the blow up between him and Draymond Green. For those of you who don't know, like, go back and watch it. But basically, um, it's like maybe like five seconds left and it's an inbound play. And Durant's waiting in the backcourt for the ball. The ball is inbounded to Draymond Green. And Draymond Green, instead of passing it to KD, pushes it up the floor. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, ends up turning it over or doesn't get a shot off. And, you know, they have a huge they have a huge exchange, a huge fight on the bench. Um, yeah, just go Google the rest of it because I don't want to speak about it right now. But yeah. basically, it was the reason and what led to the eventual falling out between the two. But yeah, I honestly think, man, like KD, you know, he is a selfless guy in the fact that, you know, he's not worried about always scoring, but he's not as selfless as those guys that you mentioned. He's not, he didn't fit perfectly into that picture. And, you know, obviously they had a great run and that's a, it's a mini dynasty, to be honest. Like, I don't know if you can call it a full, full, full on dynasty, but it's definitely a mini dynasty in our era. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that that's why, that's why I kind of believe that, you know, he might be, he might be the one that kind of understands Kyrie because, you know, Kyrie's doing what he needs to, to get right or whatever. And, you know, Durant's like, okay, like, you know what? Um, I get that. Maybe, maybe Durant's able to play through more of it than Kyrie is able to. And maybe Kyrie gets triggered a little bit quicker than he does. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think that they're really going to be okay, man. I really think that, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to see them and probably 
it ha- I think uh, right now, like, I think it's going to be LeBron out of the West, too. I don't think yep. anybody is close in the West right now. Maybe if the Nuggets have another miraculous run, they can do- they can put some work in. But I really don't see anybody. Like I don't really see anybody kind of dethroning them from the West. But, you know, if we get the Nets versus the Lakers in the finals, I'm not picking LeBron out of the gate right now i i don't know i think it's a toss-up man if if Kyrie and kd gel the way they have when they're on the floor i think it's really really hard like who's gonna guard Kyrie? braun <laughs> like they don't have a lot yeah. of great wing defenders right and Kyrie's gonna go to work and then you know kd kd and lebron are basically gonna offset each other but honestly at this point in their careers i I think KD is better than Braun, mm-hmm. right? I think KD just because, just because, honestly, just because he has youth on his side at this point, and you know, um, we'll we'll have to see how the Achilles holds up because obviously we don't know what the damage yeah. of the season is gonna do, and you know, you know better than most how an Achilles <laughs> how an Achilles can feel when it's not good. So heads up, uh, I ruptured my Achilles <laughs> a few years ago. Um, but. Yeah, so I, don't know, man. I think it's going to be in interesting. Terms of, in terms of who's going to guard Kyrie, I mean, I don't think it'll be LeBron. I think it'll be Dennis Schroeder, right? I think that's 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 a uh, food for Kyrie, man. I think I think it'll be Dennis Schroeder. Um, I think KD or KD and LeBron will be matched up more so. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I just don't. I don't have the faith in. A, a Kyrie making team, it there. man. Because, yeah. like, no, I think they'll make it there, but I feel like this, they're not going to be functional enough to beat the Lakers because you're going to need KD and Kyrie playing at their best in order to beat, um, beat the Lakers. Okay. But I don't think that's going to happen due to their differences. And... The difference is, wow. in my opinion, is that, yeah, I, I agree. Like, Durant didn't totally fit in with uh, with Golden State. And it was mm-hmm. just his talent and the talent around around him was so great that they couldn't, they couldn't lose. But at the same time, I feel like Durant's going to come to realize that what he had in Golden State was extremely special, and you don't get that everywhere you go, right? Well, I yeah, I, well, I I don't doubt that he already doesn't know that. Like, I think right now he knows that you know the Golden State run was special, and he's not gonna get that again. Like, I don't think you'll ever get that kind of super team ever again, man. Like, yeah, you, to have and- to have three of the best shooters in the NBA on one squad. Yeah. Yeah. lighting up the league you know and m- most of that like two-thirds of that is built through the draft and the yeah. third is a signing of like the like one of the top two free agents in the league yeah. you know you're not gonna get that again for sure but i don't know man like if you think about kevin durant when it comes down to it he's a killer you yeah. know and i think in the moment he's gonna be ready so you know i think i think he offsets the the production that you get from davis um or braun you know because because i think last playoff run 
one of them would really go off and the other one would be in more of a supporting role most games. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't going off in the same game essentially all the time. So, yeah, yeah. I think he offsets the production from whichever one ends up taking the 1A role that game. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, man, I think the supporting cast of the Nets is really, really nice. Like, you have Karis, you have Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris... Spencer Dinwiddie, which I guess he's gone for the season now, though. Yeah, ACL. Um, so, he, yeah, he's kind of out. But, you know, even DeAndre Jordan, man. DeAndre Jordan, um, obviously, he's not the player that he was before. But I think in a matchup with AD, he's somebody who can be like... He can be like last year's Dwight, almost. You know how Dwight was getting real, real aggressive and just kind of, you know, really going after people and just using his body and being physical? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the kind of damage that you know, a DeAndre Jordan can do to like a, a Marcus All, you know, kind of kind of bully them a little bit. Yeah. And and I They've think they've also like, got Harold, bro. Yeah, Montrez. Oh yeah, Montrez Harold. Yeah, that's true. Right. They've that also got Harold. I so forgot about Montreal. Harold, sorry. This team is. I it's don't a know, man. it's a good matchup, man. It's a good it'll matchup, be, yeah, but it'll be fun. I I don't think I like. I don't know, man. I think if you put Kyrie back on the main stage, like, you know, we saw what he did against Golden State when the odds were against him, you know? So, I mean, like, he looked like a killer against Curry. So, I don't know if, I don't know if Schroeder or, you know, Caruso are going to be the guys that, you know, stand in the way of him making a big shot or making any shot for that matter. And you have Joe. Imagine this. Nets, Lakers, Finals. Let's just for 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 dramatic purposes. Let's say it's Game Seven. Yeah. Right. The Nets are down two. Okay. And they've got possession. They've got like I don't know twenty three point six seconds on the clock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kyrie's bringing it up. LeBron's yeah. in his face. Mm-hmm. Imagine he drains that shot over LeBron. Man. Oh. <laughs> oh. Man, as a Kobe fan, as a Kobe fan. <laughs> That knowing that nasty. that would knowing wow. that that knowing that that stops LeBron from getting his fifth yeah ring you know like <laughs> there's there's definitely a little bit of added excitement from my end but yeah. overall like just yeah that's a crazy storyline to think about even just the fact that like yo like everybody said you know even even right now KD isn't a proven winner yet right like KD hasn't done it himself himself like yeah you know he did it. He did it with Golden State, and On you know a team that couldn't lose, bro. A a team that couldn't lose, and it's kind of equivalent to those Miami LeBron rings. Like, you know, I knew you were gonna say that. They were no okay. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, okay. Let me preface this uh, with two things. Like I said, I'm a Kobe fan, so you know I never liked the Miami Heat trio, and I always wanted them to lose. The 2011 finals is one of the greatest memories of my life when Dirk Nowitzki, you know, sent them packing. But to be fair, Miami was, you know, the the favorite every year to win the ring. You know, they were never doubted. They were never slept on, which is why I make the comparison to LeBron winning his first ring in Miami and being a winner in Miami. You know, obviously he led those teams and KD led his teams too in in Golden State. You know, KD took a team and and sent them to another level. So, you know, you can't say that his talent is nothing and he won just because he was with great players. But, you know, 
I think that this is the equivalent. Like, if he could come and win a ring in in the Nets with the Nets, it would be like like uh like when Braun took took the the Cleveland Cavaliers to the finals and won that ring. Like, obviously, the three one is something that's never gonna happen again. Like coming back from that kind of deficit, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. that's very rare to ever happen again. But you know, it, even if he won that series, even if LeBron took that cast and won the series 4-1, 4-2, right? It would still still exemplify the fact that he didn't need three crazy all-stars, right? He didn't need a a star-studded team to do it. Like, I mean, obviously the guys were all playing above their potential, but, you know, you can see a team now being led by Kevin Love. You can see a team now being led by Kyrie. You can see these teams out there. And they're just not the same without LeBron. So obviously 100%. LeBron had something, uh, LeBron had something very, very special that he added to that team, and yep. you know he he really led that team. Like Dwayne Wade had already won a ring in Miami, so you know some of the championship pedigree came from that. Yeah, but yeah. when it came to Cleveland, it was him. So that's why I'm kind of comparing them now. I'm saying like now KD's had his his college experience and he's gone to uh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gone to Golden State he's learned how to win with the best of them but now if he can do it in if he can do it with the Nets I think it proves his leadership qualities and I think it proves that he's really a killer and he's he can really win one right so I think it legitimizes him a lot if he wins and yep. and I think the same for Kyrie to be honest so you know I just think that Honestly, if they get to that situation and they're on the biggest stage again, I can't see I can't see Kevin Durant foregoing that opportunity, man. I think I think he's going to do everything he can. You know, his five his 5 minute stretch in the 2019 finals against us, you know, uh. still scares me in game 5 like when he came in, when he came in, the only the only thing that could have defended him was his Achilles, man. Like that was the 100%. only chance we had, man. Like if he yeah. If he had not gotten hurt, we would not yep. be champions. We would not 100%. be champions. No way, man. Like, and you know, Clay obviously going down was a bonus in that. But, um, you know, not to not to harp. Like, I enjoy the injuries, but just just from you know, for us as a team and and the Raptors, it was definitely good for us that Clay was not available for those other two games. I still um, think the Raptors pulled that pulled that off. Even if Clay is, playing. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think it's really, really hard to to be. I think I think Clay is a super killer, man. I think Clay Clay's underrated, man. Clay, even though he's rated, he's underrated, <laughs> man. Like I think Clay is scary, man, because that guy he can defend with the best of them. Yep. Like he is a crazy perimeter defender, and then you just have. You have insane three point scoring ability, like you know. So I think if if Clay was a hundred percent, if the Warriors were a hundred percent, even minus KD, like I don't think we win that ring, man. I really don't. I don't know. I I think I think they pull it off, even if Clay is playing. But wow. It's been I, a lot of hot takes, man. <laughs> oh, it's not a hot take, man. I like, think that's a hot take, man. I don't think that's a hot take. Siakam was playing a secondary role to to Kawhi, and Kawhi, nothing was stopping Kawhi, man. Uh, after, Kawhi was possessed, yeah. Kawhi was after possessed. after KD went down, it was like okay, this it, like 
you saw it, man. Like I don't care what anyone says. When KD went down, like it, it's it, it's a real like I feel for the guy. Like I know what that feels like, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you heard the cheers, man. Like everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, thank God, man, he went down." And no, then yeah. They, yeah. Then it was kind of like, "Oh shit, what, what am I like? How can I say such a thing?" And then they're like, yeah. "Oh, shut up, shut up." Um, but yeah, I think. I, I cheered in the moment plays, too. <laughs> yeah, I cheered in the moment too. That's just the competitive spirit of the game, man. You, yeah. you you're so emotionally invested in yeah. something um, that like things like that happen. You don't mean for for you don't want anyone to get hurt, but at the same time, yeah. it's like you know you're man, so emotionally invested. Yeah, I understood all the fans cheering. I'm just glad nobody on the court cheered because I know all I know inside <laughs> all every one of those players was like thanks. God, man! Thank God <laughs> we don't have to deal with KD right now. Cause man, man, he was he was on fire, man. The guy but yo, was not just, missing. See, this is what I mean. Like, put that with like Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers Kyrie beside him. You know, in the finals, that is hard, man. That is hard but to overcome. You don't get Cleveland Cavaliers Kyrie without was LeBron. because of LeBron. Yeah, that's true. But right? I don't know, man. Like, I think. I, okay, fine. You know, like because KD's, I don't, I, I don't believe KD's that guy. Like he's not the guy that LeBron is. LeBron's like mm. a, like he's, he's like a big brother kind of a leader, right? Yeah, that's true. And I don't that's see true. that in Durant, right? Yeah, but you know, I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we can't speak to that too much because LeBron's a lot more vocal about that than KD is. You know, K like LeBron. LeBron's somebody whose whole life and, you know, basketball career is really engrossed in the media. And, you know, he has a lot of media outside of, uh, you know, the NBA media. And he kind of, you know, talks about it himself too, right? So, yeah. um, and KD doesn't do that. So, I don't know what, like, I don't know if we can talk to exactly what kind of teammate KD is, but, or what kind of leader he is. But, man, when I see those guys on the floor, I just know that, you know, if you put them in that situation, it's it's game over, man. I'm not yeah. I can't I honestly that's a series where I couldn't uh I couldn't bet on it one way or the other. But yeah. in my heart of hearts, I would I would think that KD and Kyrie are, are too much for for LeBron and, and A D to overcome at some point, but it's not gonna be easy and it's not gonna be um it's not gonna be a blowout by any by any means. No. That but goes seven games. I think, yeah, hard, hard contested six or seven games. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody misses a game winner, it could go six. But um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely going to be a long series, and I think that's what I'm excited for this year, man. Have you been? Uh, have you been able to watch a lot of the regular season so far? A little bit in spurts, man. I've been been busy with work and stuff but i've been watching i've been been keeping up with as much as i can like whenever yeah i get the chance i'll I'll throw the tv on and watch i watched a little bit of i've watched a little bit of the nets um but before like i think kd and Kyrie were out uh Kyrie was out yesterday so i didn't watch yesterday but i've watched a little bit of them but yeah i don't know man i'm not i'm just not convinced like it, it, nothing that they do together this year is gonna convince me of it until you see it. Until, until you see, I them see it on that stage. Yeah, that's fair. Because because Durant isn't in my eyes isn't that leader that Kyrie needs, and Kyrie hasn't been able to get out of his own way 
in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. That's that's a fair that take. When I that's see a fair it, right? take. That's a fair take. Yeah, but that's that that's my stance on things. I don't think I would take I would take AD and LeBron over over KD and Kyrie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think for me personally, it's gonna be hard to do that, but. I understand that, and yeah, at the end of the day, we're going to have to just see how it all plays out. Obviously, by that time in the season, there's going to be a lot of injuries to contend with too. So, mm. you know, that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you about, you know. That's the thing, obviously, right? obviously AD you're, can't stay healthy. Yeah, so yeah. obviously, you know, you're a chiropractor, and, you know, sports injuries is something that, you know, you're pretty familiar with both personally and <laughs> <laughs> professionally. So... You know, how do you feel about the shortened season and uh, kind of the condensed schedule and how it impacts injuries? Oh man, that's a that's a loaded question, man. If we, uh, how about we go with the high level answer? <laughs> let's like let we can use the NFL as like an example of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like we had there was a there was there was a bunch of injuries in the beginning of the season right mm-hmm. um like our OBJ fantasy pool down. our fantasy pool definitely felt the heat man. yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> like covid threw a whole new wrench into things and then there's yeah um just when you're basically tuning up for the season and you don't have the time to for your body to adapt you put yourself in a more vulnerable position to get injured and stuff um but yeah man i'm not gonna be surprised if we see some more like I, I hate to say it, like some some nasty injuries, man. Like, I think so too. I think we're thinking like ACLs, uh, yeah, MCLs, yeah, Achilles. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think I think you're putting a lot of p- players in danger right now, man. I think you know I'm never a proponent for condensed seasons. You know, I would have been happy with a 50 game season. You know, yeah, if you like put the it NHL at regular is doing length, a fifty something, fifty six game season. Yeah, and yeah. and um, I just don't like that. You know, obviously there's the thing is there's a lot of money involved, and yeah, so sure. cutting cutting the sh- cutting the regular season short means yeah. less games, which means less advertising le- revenue, less things for sports networks to air and talk about. You know, there's there's a whole corporate side of it, but overall, you know, for the players. I think condensed seasons where you play, you know, essentially they're playing 10 games less than a regular season. You know, they're playing 72 games this year in the NBA and they're playing in two less months. So, you know, it's going to it's going to create a whole new level of stress for those players and their bodies. Right. And that's kind of what leads to these freak injuries. Right. It's all the it's all the stress that kind of builds up. In different parts of your body, your knees, your ankles, you know, for Steph Curry, sometimes his wrists. <laughs> but uh, he needs that wrist, man. That <laughs> flick of the wrist off of that. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a real issue, and you know, I won't be surprised if we see the playoffs derailed by huge injuries too, right? Like, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of guys go down, and you know, maybe that's some fantasy fantasy tips for some of you yeah. guys that have the stars you know be ready for those big injuries to come and yeah covid covid is a whole new layer as well man like i have yeah. you know jason tatum is now out with covid yeah. 
you know so you know that's two weeks that he's not playing and you know that's kind of interesting too because i don't know if you're quarantining and isolating uh how much work can you get in right so you're gonna have these sporadic yeah man sporadic these breaks places where you're just resting and you have to come back and build up take off some rust so it's gonna be really interesting man like i don't know i don't know if uh yeah we i don't think teams really know how to handle that yet right and that's a really good point man like yeah, I, when yeah. people have when guys have to take time off to quarantine and you're in a room for whatever 10 to 14 days yeah like I, i'm assuming you're not getting any you're not getting any work you're not getting any like uh workouts in so yeah and i mean that, even and and that's the that's another thing like in the nfl it seemed to be more of a lack of a preseason and a training camp. Yeah. And so and it's the same thing in the in in the NBA. That stuff the preseason and the training camp was the time that they had for those things was reduced to make up for mm-hmm. yeah, lost exactly. time. Yeah. And now on top of that you're having guys like Jason Tatum <coughs> take fourteen days off in the middle of the season where you can't really get much done in terms of workouts and you're supposed to come back and perform man yeah it's crazy and that's, that's and those lot, stretches man. those stretches you know you might have in 14 in 14 days you might have eight games yeah you know so eight eight yeah. games of a 72 season is you know a tenth of the season yeah right and then so there's going to be more added pressure to come back and perform because you know that might change your whole playoff picture right so it's going to be really interesting how teams contend for position i don't know if home court matters i guess it does with travel now because you know they're not in a bubble yeah i don't know i don't know if they're doing i don't know how they're going to do the playoffs they might do centralized playoffs again maybe um maybe i think it's going to depend on how the covid situation kind of kind of flutters as it and and changes as we get closer to playoffs but yeah i i would i would really see i could really see them doing another bubble for the playoffs what do you just because it was really successful last time yeah you know they've got experience with it now yeah and they've had experience so i think that they could really do that um and you know they kind of figured it out like at first it was just the players and they were like, okay, your families can come in and this and that. Exactly. So now they kind of have a good system. So I think the players would be okay with it too. But uh, sorry, you were saying, what do you think about what? What do you think about uh, the the gov- Can- well, Canadian government, well, mm. Ontario's government allowing yeah. the Leafs and it's, the Senators to play, yeah. but not, not the, Raptors. the Raptors. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. What do you think about that? Very interesting. I was thinking about that. You know, I was really surprised um, when I saw that news because I was like, well, you know, here in Ontario, like the cases have only been going up day by day. You yeah. know, we're hitting record. We're hitting new records every other day. So, yeah. you know, what constitutes why the Raptors are not allowed to play here, but the Leafs are? Um, you know, the only the only uh, idea I could come up with is the fact that I think they're doing the the Canadian Conference this year, right? So all the Canadian teams are in one conference. So most of the games are going to be based in Canada and and players coming from different parts of Canada. So I yeah. think I think that's the only real 
um kind of logic that you can give for but that like decision it, but it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense yeah. to me because at the end of the day at some point you're going to have to let an american team in to come and play you know cuz it's not like if it, like you're going to have to play the other side of the league at some point right so yep. you know you're going to have to play detroit at some point so what is detroit going to do like you're either you go there or we or they come here either way there's that cross border travel that was the reason that the raptors couldn't play at home right now i understand that the raptors with the raptors are the only canadian team so it's going to happen a lot more because every home game there's going to be somebody coming in but you know it's a double standard because either way like you know every time you take the same chance yeah I, right I just, and i just, I just don't, don't understand, understand it and yeah. i really don't get it because um you know they're under the same management too at the end of the day MLSC owns both of those teams right so um why do you think that the Leafs have a better system in place than the Raptors would you know it's really interesting know, it's a really interesting it's... it's a really interesting decision um you know maybe and maybe like maybe they change their mind on the Raptors too maybe mm-hmm. the Raptors come back home at some point But yeah, I think it's really a slap in the face to the Raptors to be honest because, you know, <laughs> in the last in the last 20 years, we the Raptors are the only franchise to really deliver, <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 you're saying no, you can't play at home. Uh, but the Leafs can. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, baseball, I think baseball is right around the corner too, so Um I don't know what the they're going to rule about uh the Jays either but um that that'll be interesting too right cuz if they allow the Jays to play at home man I don't know about <laughs> all these other protests about non-masters and stuff but the Raptors fans are going to be out there in numbers man they're going to be mad about that so yeah I think that remains to be seen it's a really interesting decision though to not allow the Raptors to play but then allow the Leafs to play and they're they're both not doing bubbles so it's not like you can say you know hockey's in a bubble so we're allowing to happen like they did uh for yeah. the playoffs yeah. last year right so or the resume and play in total but yeah yeah i just i don't get it man i don't understand it, it like what's crazy to me is like sure ontario like i agree it doesn't make much sense like not allowing the raptors to play i guess in some sense it, in some ways it, i understand because you're not allowing people from the states to come in to canada to play uh, to play mm-hmm. sports or whatever basketball um but at the same time like okay now let's apply that same logic let's apply that to the leafs going to vancouver yeah to play like why is bc allowing that Like why is BC allowing a team from Toronto which is a covid hotbed mm-hmm. to go play to go play in Vancouver when yeah. you're you're trying to when Ontario is trying to protect itself from having its uh teams from the states possible hotbeds in the states come to Toronto and yeah. it's like it's like Ontario Ontario's being like now we're diving into politics. It's almost like they're yeah. being hip- hypocritical, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like 
okay, you don't want people coming into into your you know, province to come play, but you're gonna pack your bags and go play in Calgary. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah. How do you allow yourself really, to do that? Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and um, I think I think there must have been a lot of pressure from the NHL to allow it to happen because if they didn't, then the the whole Canadian conference thing would probably be in scrap too. And I really yeah, think, sure. I really think that that's the way they're getting around it here, man. I really think that it's, you know, I think. I think their justification at the end of the day is, you know, within Canada, you know, we're okay with the travel, but we just want to limit our borders to the outsiders as much, I guess. And, you know, the different countries as much as they can. And I don't know. I think we're going to have to agree that it doesn't make sense at all. And, <laughs> you know, I just I really hope that in the new future we can get the Raptors back home because, you know, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a significant advantage for teams to have to come out here yep. and play and have to travel and do the travel. Like, you know, I think that's a significant advantage for us. Obviously, you know, being down in Tampa, the weather is obviously better and the players are probably enjoying it a little bit more being down there. But just a little bit. You know <laughs> uh especially during the winter. But I think overall, like, you know, that's one of the true you know, kind of home court advantages that we can give our players is, you know, like they have to adapt to all those circumstances for one or two days and yep. we play our home games here. So we're always ready for that. So I don't know, man, hopefully they turn it around. Hopefully we can kind of, you know, get our Raptors back home and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. But I just hope uh, like for, like we're not gonna dive too much into the NHL right now, but like yeah. I really hope by the time the NHL playoffs roll around, they have a better grasp on the whole vaccination thing, yeah. and hopefully we won't even need a bubble by then, right? That that's in my opinion, that's the goal. Yeah, that we sure. can hopefully avoid having to have a bubble. Yeah, in, yeah. in the summertime. So yeah, let's hope for that. Okay, well. That was a I bit of that's a pretty solid, yo. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a long episode, but um <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely we'll, be sending out more content and talking about more sports. I guess this one was really, really focused on the NBA. So, you know, yeah. we'll kind of make it our first NBA episode and our intro episode. But, you know, we'll we'll be covering other sports in the future and uh definitely with the wild card games going on right now. I think we did talk about the NFL a little bit in this, so yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be covering all of our favorite sports, and we hope you guys enjoyed this. And you know, here's to more. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>